Dude, I'm really growing out that mustache. Crazy. I look like a Marcella pizza. What's up, everybody? We just started the live at 7 p.m. on a Wednesday. Bobby for real. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. A little low. I, I want to do the intro songs, but I'm just too worried about the copyright. Guys, I also was just looking. YouTube has live. So maybe I'll start doing a live YouTube. Bobby for reals on YouTube live. Maybe we'll experiment. Who knows? What's up, everybody? What's up, Xavier? How you guys doing? Welcome. Bobby for real. Episode 35. With JJ Tyson, comedian. I love you too, Nick. It's 10 p.m. Dang, that's late, Christian. Are you? Is it past your bedtime, buddy? AJ, I got big news for you guys. I'm pretty sure next Sunday might be the AJ Sartz. I think I'm saying that right. The amazing artist who you guys all see. Um, why Wednesday? Oh, I'm starting to go Wednesday, Sundays, even though I didn't go last Sunday. I've been lazy. Oh, shoot. Declan just bought a badge. Thank you, my brother. Dude, you bought a badge during the last three live videos. Don't forget to thank them. Thank you. <laughs> but Declan, I love you guys. If you guys want to buy um, badges, I uh, I always send like a personal thank you um, to anyone who buys a badge. And uh, and then I also make sure you have priority when we do a fan episode to be brought in. Uh, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, thank you for buying a badge, my man. Really appreciate it. Oh, but the AJ Sarts might be on next Sunday. Uh, we're going to reveal the art that he made. It's going to be the backdrop for the Bobby For Real show, which is going to be crazy. He made a crazy art piece. And yeah, we're getting official out here. And then maybe I'll do a YouTube uh, Instagram live where I interview someone or just do like a special thing. I'm trying to think of other fun like events too. Like I have the dating episode, which everybody lo loves. The 10K special. Um, Super Funk is really cute. But yeah, thank you for everyone coming on today. We have a really special guest. I want to get right into it. I just saw that he joined. Um, his name is JJ. We've been doing stand-up together. Guys, I'm out here in LA doing the stand-up circuit. You get me? You feel me? I'm up there like, yuck, 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 ha, ha, ha. And uh, it's a guy that I met uh, at a local comedy uh, open mic that we've been doing. He's really, really funny. Why do I look old? I don't know. I feel like I look distinguished. It's been like a week and a half since you guys have seen me and I've just grown wise beyond my years. <laughs> but uh, maybe it's because I have the facial hair. What do you guys think? Shave or keep? I'll, I'll do it. Thanks, Declan. Yeah, but also I haven't been doing a lot of stuff for um, social media. Well, I'm trying to get back on the game. I haven't been lazy, but I have some big things coming up that you guys aren't ready for. Um, some really exciting things that I'm really excited for. Shave? Okay, I will. I don't like having hair on my face anyway. I'm like... You know I have a hormone disorder. But as always, guys, any questions you have for me or the guests, put in the chat bubble. It's good to just be hanging out with you guys again, man. I love Bobby for real. Uh, without further ado, though, let me add in my boy JJ and we'll start this thing off. Uh, very funny. He is a comedian, a writer. Uh, 5, 10, twisted seal and sex appeal, as Jerome would say. But yeah, we're going to add him in, guys. I want to make sure you guys give this man some love. He's a really good comedian, and he's trying to grow his social media presence, and we're going to talk comedy, have a good time. So everybody, welcome my good friend, JJ. Bobby, for real, Wednesday episode. Ha, 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 ha. Thank you guys for all being here. I love you so much. Ha, 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 ha. Yo. How's it going? What's up, my guy? How you doing? 
Hey, good. Hey, that was the best Jerome impression I've ever heard. <laughs> Dude, isn't Jerome the best? Jerome is the absolute best. And I, I feel like he came out of the womb screaming, <laughs> freestyling, and just being a general positive presence. Bro, he, there's uh, no one like, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, which you probably don't, unless you uh, enjoy dive bars in the local LA area, uh, we have this guy who's a MC of an open mic. And he just crushes it, like, the most high energy, the funniest guy that I've ever met. Uh, he raps Billy on the stage. Guys, Billy's been doing stand-up, too. Uh, so just get ready for those shows. And, uh, yeah, Jerome is the man. But uh, how are you doing today, my, my good friend? You're looking good. Have you ever done Instagram Live before? Uh, maybe once or twice, like, an open mic. You know, like, mid-pandemic, yeah. everybody panic buying. I was using uh, indescribable things for toilet paper, like, right around then. <laughs> Nice, dude. Nice. Yeah, you know, pandemic, it happens. Did you uh, did you do any of those Zoom stand-up shows? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There is no... <laughs> dude, I didn't dabble in there. Like, that's when you know, like, a comedian is really on the grind, because I didn't even go for it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait. Zoom stand-up is weird, because it's like doing... It's like doing stand-up at a wall, because oh. everybody else is muted. You have no idea if people think that you're any good Wait, or they muted everyone else? Yeah, everybody else is fucking muted. So it's like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm ripping jokes, I'm doing bits, and I have no clue if they were any good or not because everybody, you could kind of see if people were giggling, but you could barely even tell if they were giggling or just, you know, talking to their like girlfriend, going like, hey, are we out of chips? Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, you just don't know. Or someone just farted and they're just casually laughing at you know a good fart. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, a good burp, maybe. <laughs> Did was there any? Do you think anyone gained any type of traction or following, or even like any type of opportunities off like a Zoom comedy show? I know that there was this one girl. Do you know what? Uh, oh God! It was a. Uh, it's one of those platform. It wasn't Zoom. It was uh, that platform that people. Uh, it was sort of like Clubhouse, but it was just before Clubhouse. You know what I'm talking? Stereo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but uh, there was an app called Stereo. I was a creator for it, and I had this recurring podcast with this girl. And we had never met in person, but our very first... Is that the one where it's like the, 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 the avatar bubbles and they talk yeah. to each other? Yeah, dude, I was trying to get into that as well because they were like paying the top people with like the most listeners. Oh, yeah, people made... I actually made pretty good money early on. Then they changed the rules on me. But wow. uh, this girl and I named Emily Brown uh, did a podcast together where essentially she found... It was like bees in her apartment or something. And so it's just audio. I have no video at all. And it was like three hours of her entering back into her kitchen to try to kill or get out <laughs> bees that had invaded her kitchen. And so you just hear wild smacking and slapping. <laughs> Anyways, I finally got to meet her at a show. Like, finally. Wow, really? We hugged. We had never seen each other's faces. We hugged. We, like, talked. And nobody else knew what the fuck we were talking about. But it was a good time. So, is, is, does, was, Did she do stand-up, too? Or she was no, just she, like... A hilarious comedian uh, oh wow dude that's so cool yeah yeah it's feeling like a lot of um it wasn't really like a renaissance for comedy but there was a lot of good things like especially material wise i feel like people are gonna be telling some covid like it, it was it's great for comedy because i feel like it's gonna be a lot of material for people for a little bit before it becomes too cliche that was the only thing i was worried about man is i had some pandemic bits that i was really happy with and i'm like Shit, as soon as this vaccine comes out, three months later, no one's going to get to hear this, man. Yeah, right? It's like, it's going to be, it's going to be like dead and then it'll be mainstream again for some reason. It's like, oh, remember the pandemic? Oh my, it'll be like, you know how VH1 does those things? Like, I love the 80s. 
It's going to be like, I love the 2020s. And it'll be like, Dick, he'll be like 80. Do you guys <laughs> coronavirus oh wasn't that just wacky like (laughs) (laughs) no that's perfect way to describe it yeah dude those things are strange i never did but like so did you feel like they the zoom comedy benefited you at all in any way it was just a good way to maybe just practice yeah i I really think most of you just practice man it was uh it was nice because at least it was something yeah you really want like when you're like, you know, it's two in the morning, you really want Taco Bell, but only McDonald's is open. You're mm. like, I'll, I'll compromises. I'm not gonna like it, but it's there. Yeah. And important at that moment is it's there. Definitely, dude. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I, I wanna. I'll hopefully, um, there's some recordings of that, dude. I'm trying to see some Zoom sesh uh, standups by the boy JJ. <laughs> I, uh, I will look for them. I think that they're. There are, I think some, people have tagged me on Instagram when they recorded the room. So if you go to my Instagram and over the tag, there's definitely some pictures. Oh, okay, cool. I don't know if there's full sets, but uh, I do. I have full sets on YouTube, uh, which are there. Uh, but uh, it's, what's it called with Instagram TV or whatever when it's like over a minute? Oh yeah, yeah, the IGTV. Yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. I like okay. I pull those out, but like I felt like it's better to just get it in snippets, like 60 seconds in and out. People people can respond to that a little bit more. For sure. Uh, what do you got going on behind you? Is that like a pool uh, stick holder? Or is that art? Oh, no, dude. This is art. This is uh, uh, basically here. Oh, dude, I like it a lot. I just I couldn't tell what it was. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, so it's based on uh, – I saw somebody on fucking uh, – on – oh, God, what's that site? Etsy or – no, Pinterest. It literally – I'm not a Pinterest guy at all. But dude, like, I, I always get Pinterest and, um, and Grindr mixed up. <laughs> no, Pinterest and Tumblr. Believe me, I've gotten Pinterest and uh, Grinder mixed up. <laughs> and then I end up putting something inside of something that I was not. <laughs> Did you see Jerome in there? Oh, oh, Jerome's all over it. All those <laughs> But, you know, he also is a really good crafter. So what are you going to do? Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So wait, continue with the art. You saw it on Pinterest. Oh, yeah, I saw it on Pinterest. And so I hit this girl up. I was like, how did you do it? It's based on like a abstract artist called Mondrian from like the sixties. And she goes, literally, I bought a piece of deck siding, like vinyl deck siding, and then attached cardstock to it. I was like, wow, I can do that. So I ordered the deck siding, it took forever to get here. I bought some cardstock and I just uh, spent a couple hours making, there's a matching one over there uh, for, you know, symmetry in the living room. Yeah, of course, of course, you gotta have that symmetry. That's why I have the Dwight Schrute right here next to my conch shell that I got from Carlos the Shell Man. <laughs> on the north shore of hawaii <laughs> can you you can you oh, you're, you're a man with great taste so and oh yeah i can hear the ocean no but my real question is can you hear dwight <laughs> bears beats Star galactica <laughs> no uh but you are a man of great taste and that reflects in your comedy uh people don't know um i think you're one of the funniest people i've ever seen live so if you guys jj does uh, a mixture of stand-up between ukulele songs that are like comedic Adam Sandler, Bo Burnham type vibes. And he has uh, one song, they all blow me away, but he has one particular song that the first time me and Billy heard it, we could not believe what we were hearing. You we were like, this is insane. You know what I'm talking about. I don't want to give away any bets or anything, but tell me about, tell me about the origin story of, of your comedy, man. Have you always loved comedy? What made you get into it? I was, I was sitting with Billy at a bar the other day 
and it was at Flappers before I was going on. I was like, you know, we had a drink. We just got the ticket, put our names in. We're like, what? Why do we do this? <laughs> Why do we torture ourselves? This is, this is not fun. Why are we doing this? Right I, now? But it is like you, we love it. We're interested in it. Like, so tell me kind of where your comedy started, like, and uh, what, what what's gotten you to where you are today? Because I've freaking love your sets and, and everything. And I, I, I love to know the origin story. Thank you, man. Um, so basically, um, I started doing comedy in college. I started doing improv and sketch comedy. Uh, but in order to try out for this trip called the False Prophets at UNC, they've been around for a little while. Yeah. Uh, I had to do a two-minute stand-up set. I had never done stand-up in my fucking life. So, so wait, what were you, sorry, I didn't hear. What were you trying out for? It was like an improv? It's an improv troupe, but okay, gotcha. in order to get through the audition, you had to do one two-minute stand-up set. And I'd never written anything like that before. Gotcha. And the, what they, the way they get you is that you try out with just improv and you get called back. Then they tell you, by the way, you have to have a two-minute stand-up set by tomorrow. Oh, no. I what? Have That's so not fair. Right? So I just got up, and I started doing impressions of my professors. And nice. I just worst professors that I could think of, got up into two minutes of those, and they ended up letting me in the troupe. But then they were like, hey, by the way, if you're going to be in this troupe, you have to be able to do a stand-up set every eight weeks and a new one. You can't repeat any material. So oh, my gosh. I had to, I had to learn fast. Um, wow. Do they really put you through the ringer? I mean, maybe that's a cool thing to do because it kind of makes you, first of all, get up, and then you have to test your chops right away and like, get writing and work your stuff out. Exactly. I mean, it's so absolutely nerve-wracking just doing it in front of, like, strangers. Because, like, one thing about doing comedy now is, like, if I bomb, I never have to see these people again. But when you're trying out for something, it's oh, like, yeah. these people are actively judging me. They're not, like, over in the corner, like, sipping, like, fucking cocktails or something. These guys are, like, going to make a decision about me and the quality of me based on two minutes of something <laughs> that I have never done before. Which is so messed up, but again, why why do we torture ourselves like this? Okay, so, so you do that. What's your first? So was that your first ever stand up ever? Is that an audition? Yeah, the very first stand up was at an audition. And How'd it go? I, it went fine, like not great, but like I think honestly they let me in for the improv and they were like willing to let the stand up slide. Gotcha. No songs at this point. No, no. Just okay. So then later. Um, I had a friend, we had a fake sponsor for the show and it was called Macaroni Bomb was the name of it. It was supposed <laughs> to be like a product. It was like, I don't know if this is problematic now, but at the time it was basically, um, everything's problematic now. Right, right. It was basically the idea was macaroni and cheese that was, uh, made at the same time as the Chernobyl explosion <laughs> and the clear, uh, nuclear, uh, infested macaroni and cheese and that was our fake sponsor for the show and so they asked what jingle like when you write like an advertising jingle for this like explosive radiation based mm -hmm. macaroni product and i said yeah um so that was the first time i did it and it went better by far than any stand i've done before nice so from there i just started like writing funny songs and then punctuating them with stand up on either side of them gotcha so you were already musically talented prior as well then Oh, yeah. My parents made me play uh, piano since the time I was, like, I, since I was seven. Gotcha. So they brought me up. I had to do the whole classically trained bit. It was... Um, yeah, of course. Actually, probably, I, I, I hated it for the longest time. And now I love it. Now I really enjoy having it. Yeah, dude. I feel like that... that it, I feel like anyone who was 
maybe even forced to do an instrument probably really appreciates it when they get older because it's so cool when you can play an instrument as an adult oh absolutely it comes in handy so much all i got is the didgeridoo and the pan flute and i'm you know very amateur at them you play the didgeridoo i dabble so you're a didgeridoo huh <laughs> i'm a didgeridoo bro no but that's funny um did that uh sort of so so then so you start with piano and then i know it's like it's weird because, I mean, I'm not musically talented at all. Like, I never got into it because I was always doing sports. So, like, I never got to dabble in the music side. Of course, did you do? Yeah, you were a great football player. No, no, not like that. I wish I would have. But, like, I was I was forced to do other things I didn't want to do when they were sports. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but for music, uh, so, like, if you are good at the piano, you can, like, play other instruments, right? Because they translate over? Or, well, like, how did you get from piano to ukulele? I'll be honest, man. The ukulele was the only thing that I could carry. Like, uh, guitars. <laughs> and so what's the next, what's like the lightest instrument that I can also sing with? And someone was like, why not a ukulele? So I was like, I was self-taught. Like, I, I knew, like, I had taken music theory classes before, so I had a basis in it. But uh, the rest of it was just teaching myself how to play this. I'd never played a stringed instrument before, but I just kind of tried to pick it up. Wow. It's honestly, it's not that hard of an instrument to learn. The, the, the basic keys are really not that hard. It's like, and I try, to, I try to challenge myself when I can because the problem with ukulele is that uh, basically, if you're not careful, all the songs sound the same because most people play either in not, uh, they play in C. Oh, yes, he's got it. I was going to ask you if it's two. Or G. And as a result, most people only play in two keys. So all ukulele sound, songs basically sound the same. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So many things I want to ask you based on all that information, but let's break it down even more. Okay, so you see so the first jingle you make is on the piano, right? And then you start incorporating that into your stand-up and you're just enjoying the process of like writing the song in order to be funny. So it's sort of like something that you were naturally drawn to? Absolutely. I was just, uh, yeah, I was naturally drawn to uh, the music aspect. I, uh, do you know the, the, this is a long shot. Do you know the... Uh, um, the monitor. Billy's in the chat, by the way, too. What's up, Billy? Oh, what's up, Billy? How's it going? <laughs> what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying, um, I learned a bunch of, I also did, uh, don't think I'm too much of a nerd, but I, I did musical theater in uh, high school. Nice. And, uh, I realized that I could learn all these lyrics because they were with songs, but I could not remember my fucking stand-up set at all. Uh, so I was like, what, what if I just set it to music? And from there, it all like... Uh, gotcha. Cause yeah, they say the like part of mem like really good memory is sort of like uh, adapting things to music. That's why like television, like commercials are so catchy, or like numbers of like a phone number that like repeti that you rep repetitious this. Like if you keep doing that, then it's like a lot easier to remember. That's pretty cool. So it was like a it was like a uh, inclination to go toward it because it would help you like be able to get into that comedic flow and like uh, be more polished and everything altogether. Well, and I mean even more like. Uh like sad than that it's just the fact that i could not remember my set actually my, the very first set that my parents came to it was like my maybe my second show oh man my parents came in from out of town for it my uncle who i never saw was there and i got up and i got like a minute and a half and i just lost my rhythm completely oh i could not remember anything so i stood there i think i actually and this is embarrassing i think i I tap danced for like 15 seconds to like, like it was 
you know, like Judy Garland, like, I mean, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Found out, learn a way to just memorize my set. So uh, music was the best way I could think of to do it. Dude, that's great. Billy, thank you for buying a badge, dude. You didn't have to do that. I freaking love you, dog. Um, wow, look at Billy. Billy supporting the homies. Or just me, because it's my show. But, you know, Billy, I'll, I'll catch you some. Billy's such a great guy. <laughs> Bro, I can't. Dude, that's crazy that your parents came. My parents have yet to see me do stand-up. I think I'm too, I'm too scared. Oh, really? What? Kind of. We'll do like that. Bombing in front of your parents, too. I guess they would probably think it was funny, but. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is, it's absolutely nerve. I don't think I would have forgotten the set if, uh, I wouldn't have forgotten the set if my parents weren't there. But as it was, it was just, I, I had no, there was just no way I was going to remember that, like, with them in the crowd. Like, just absolutely. Yeah. It's nerve-wracking, but, like, now I Any naughty thing I would say, I'd just be like, um, no, you know, uh, just censoring myself up there. Yeah, uh, freak that, uh, you know. <laughs> I was uh, holding hands with this girl, and uh, we were getting a little hot and heavy, so we decided to kiss each other on the cheek. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Well, actually, my parents, one of the first times they saw me do stand-up was I have a whole song about, and it's actually, it was, it was pretty bad. My dad caught me smoking weed in my bathroom in like, in, uh, in like high school. And so I wrote a song about him catching me smoking weed. And then I found out maybe, um, oh God. Uh, <laughs> basically I found out maybe like 30 minutes before I was gonna go on that he was gonna be there. And I, that was the- Oh that, no that I had been rehearsing and that had been like confirmed to be in the show. And so I had to do it. And at the last minute they put me up first and my parents ended up missing it by like five minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so lucky. Oh! The heck? No! Yeah! <laughs> I had to add you in, Billy. Bro, do you hear about this man bombing or not because of the smoking weed from his dad? Dude, wait, what? How, like, how does that, how is that not the most traumatizing thing ever? <laughs> oh, I mean, and what's worse is he was super calm about it at first. He was like, hey, son, I, uh, you know, I came home and I was uh, walking by the porch and I uh, saw you uh, with your mouth around. I wasn't sure what it was. It looked like a big vase. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> big vase. A big vase. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Billy, what's the, what's the worst you've ever bombed? The worst I ever bombed was in West Hollywood at this place called the Comedy Hole. And you know, I only got three minutes to go up. And I thought I was like pretty good, even though I was just starting. I was crashing on my brother's couch. And I was like, oh, I'm going to nail this one. I had all my <laughs> stuff written out word for word, like punctuation marks and everything on what I was going to say. And, uh, Three minutes felt like an hour and a half because not only did nobody laugh at my set, they made sure to not move in their seat <laughs> so that I could like hear my echo off the back wall. I was like, this is awful. That's so funny. It was <laughs> I sat down and started laughing hysterically. I was like, wow, that was about as bad as it can get. But then you think afterwards, you're like, that's as bad as it gets. All right. This is fine. Yeah, true. Well, I was in Portland. And I had some guy say, Someone get this guy off the stage. <laughs> no. It's because, dude, you know me. I'm like, sorry. Dude, thank you, Aaron, for getting a badge. I appreciate you. I'll be sending you a message after. But you know me, like, I'm kind of high energy on there. And I used to do this bit where I, I would, like, talk about, like, 
I didn't want girls to see my face, so I would do the get out challenge and like run <laughs> them and like turn like right at the last second, and I would run with the microphone. And so first, um, so one guy like I'm bombing the whole time, and one dude's like, "Get off the stage!" I'm like, "Fuck!" And then the MC comes up, he's like, "Yo, if you're gonna come up here, don't run around with the fucking microphone." <laughs> you're like, "Sorry, yes, I'm okay, sorry." I just like, want to be staring funny. at me the whole time. <laughs> oh, that sucks. That's crazy. Okay, what about you, JJ? Wait, hold on. I can't hear you. You got to unmute from the chat. Can, can you can you hear him, Billy? No, I can't hear him either. JJ? Hello? JJ? He's, got the to he's got the toaster Wi-Fi. JJ? JJ? <laughs> Yo, JJ, his twisted steel and sex appeal. JJ, 170 pounds of twisted steel. <laughs> we can't hear you. Yeah, wait, do you know what happened, JJ? Wait, is it because I'm interfering the chat? You said one sec. Oh, oh maybe there's throat. something at his house that's loud or something. Oh. Oh, dang it. Oh, now it's the Billy episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to stay on until he gets back on. and then I Okay, yeah, perfect. Thanks it. for just coming in at all, Billy. I had to add you in. Are you up in Sacramento right now? Yeah, I'm up in Sacramento. Dude, we just went to a wakeboard park, and it was so much fun, man. Did you go on the like, wakeboard? Yes, dude. I was scared because I had to wear the earplug yeah. in my ear because I – Anyone on the chat, like, if you don't know, I blew my eardrum out at the water park in Tijuana. So I wanted to, I didn't want to not do it. So I just put it in and was like, okay, so I'm right foot forward. So if I fall, it's going to be directly on my bad ear. Oh. So I like, and it was this cable that went around on like a machine that would like, it would latch onto the thing and just whip you up into the water. <laughs> so the oh, that's cool. Times, yeah, dude, it was super fun. But the first couple of times I would just go, yeah, like into the water. And then I finally got the hang of it. And then I hit one of the jumps, dude. No way. Yeah, one of the jumps that's like floating in the water. Are you serious? It was so scary, dude. Wait, do you, do you wakeboard or do you water ski? Because you're a skier. I wakeboard. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Okay, I'm trying to add in Cross, JJ again. Uh, dude, that's amazing, bro. You got footage, fun, I imagine? Man. Huh? You got footage, I imagine? Yeah, I was filming on my GoPro. It was so fun. And then we met so many, like, fun people at the park. It was dope. Dude, that's awesome, bro. It I'm so sad. glad you made up there safe. I miss you. I miss you, too, dude. I yeah. can't wait to do stand-up with you again. Yeah, yeah. Stand-up! Guys, Billy and I have been doing stand-up. How's it been going, Billy? How do you feel? How do you feel the stand-up Dude, I honestly, I feel good. Like, I, I started doing stand-up because I wanted to support this guy's passion. And also, that's how I started with, like, doing any of this social media stuff was with stand-up. Dude, and it's scary, it, man. It's, it, it, I can tell why because you are so great when you're up there, dude. It's scary. It was really scary. Bobby is the reason that I like started doing stand up again. I haven't done it since twenty. Dude, it's been so fun, like the camaraderie and just like getting to go there. You know what I mean? Like it's been so good. Yep. Yeah, dude, it's so fun. Yo, dude, everyone great. in the chat, freaking, you guys should hit the donate button because Bobby just got this thing, like, available for his streams. You guys should just, like, spam the donate thing for this stream. Oh, my gosh. All all the donations are going towards Billy's open mic uh, <laughs> uh, stripper money that I'll be going on. No, all of the donations are going to me getting confetti cannons so we can set them off when Bobby does his show. I freaking love you guys. Bro, <laughs> I've been, I've been trying to keep it a secret about the super secret thing I've been working on as well. So Billy and I aren't only doing stand-up, but we're also might be involved with something 
Super secret. <laughs> Are you excited? He's back. Oh, there he is. He's back in. Yeah. What do you think happened? Right. There's a connection thing? All right, Billy. I love you, bro. Thanks for popping in. Peace. JJ, Bobby, you guys are incredible. You guys have fun with these two funny fellas. Bye, Billy. I love you. Bye. Bye, Billy. <laughs> okay, that's great. A little intermission there with Billy. I'm glad he got the technical difficulties figured out. Yeah, my bad on that. My phone was on. I didn't realize it was on like 5%. So. Oh, dude, rookie mistake. <laughs> Bro, it was at 40% when I started this. It's just, you know, the brain and the battery, man. Dude, this is what happens when you're on the show. The batteries just can't keep up because the energy is high and, you know, energy the jokes high. are slanging. We're actually, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, no. So uh, what, what What made you think that, like, what? what when did you know that you were um, wanted to be a comedian? Um, I think part of it is when I realized that, uh, I wasn't good at much else. Uh, you know, <laughs> one of those things where like you're, I'm not particularly athletic. I'm not like going to be on the honor roll. It's like, what can I do? And, uh, I started doing comedy and it, it just felt great. Cause serious, I tried serious theater. Like I had my whole Shakespeare monologue and everything. It was wow. Awesome. I mean, I, I didn't convince anybody as King Lear. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe uh, maybe I could try comedy, and it, it worked out. Uh, Dude, so that's awesome. It worked out so far. Yeah, I know it's definitely working out, brother. Um, what like how? So it's so much. Did you anyway? Did you hear the the Adam Sandler medium pace thing I sent you? Oh my god! I totally, I have heard that. I didn't think about it when you originally said uh, told me about it. But bro, oh isn't that god. great? Fucking amazing. What so, goes into the process yeah. of like writing? Cause dude, the, the thing about you too is um, you have really good stand like just regular stand up in between your songs as well, and I think that's cool that you incorporate that just so you can, you know what I mean? You can be versatile in like the way that you perform, and it just like adds to the whole act. But um, what's the difference between like sitting down and like trying to like write out jokes compared to like writing out a funny song, or and, or is there are they separate entities, or is it like songs? Like, what's the process for you when you want to, like, I find it so fascinating. When you want to, like, create, like, a new song, like a funny song, uh, do you, do you uh, come up with the, the, the tune first? Do you write the lyrics first and then figure out the tune? Like, how does that process work? Yeah, I think the big part of it is that uh, um, I write down all the jokes I can. And then I'm like, could this joke, could you, I theoretically stretch this into, like, mm. uh, three to four minutes? Or is this kind of just a joke that I can throw in, in between something? So it's more like uh, if I feel like the joke, if I can riff on the joke for like a couple of minutes, especially if I'm writing with somebody and like I'm just riffing on it with somebody else, then uh, I usually have a good feeling about it being a song uh, versus uh, if I'm like, oh yeah, that's like a, a decent punchline, but there's not really much of a place to go from here, then yeah. pretty I just uh, keep it as a joke. That's cool. That's awesome. Uh, that's pretty, that's pretty sick. And then do you do... Uh... You have jokes on the piano as well, like ones I haven't seen? Oh, yeah. I mean, pretty much any song that you've seen me do on the ukulele, 100% I do on the piano if I have a piano. Ah, okay. That's cool. So I've never seen an electric ukulele, too, either, until you plug that bad boy in and start going. Oh, dude, the electric. That's, that's courtesy of my mom. I had no idea that an electric ukulele existed. She gave me, like, the best Christmas present ever, like, three years ago. She goes... Hey, so I know that a lot of, because back in the day, I would basically have to stand like with this weird hunchy position so that you can get <laughs> ukulele and my voice in the same mic. Um, wow. 
had a second mic. And my mom discovered, apparently, that there is such thing as an electric ukulele, and she got me one for Christmas. Wow. Changed my act completely. So, you know, shout out to mom. Electric ukulele. That's got to be the name of the first album you put out, 100%. <laughs> electric ukulele, dude. So it sounds so badass and peaceful at the same time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a fun sound because it sounds like a cross between a normal ukulele and, like, um, oh, fuck. Um, also, I know uh, maybe I shouldn't say fuck so much. Should I stop saying no, fuck? No, dude, this is no holds barred. No holds barred. Ah, yeah. Ding, Dude, I've, I've, I've shot, JJ, I've shot a rocket out of my ass on this show, okay? There's what? No, have you seen that? No! Oh, yeah. I, I To celebrate 10,000 followers, I put a rocket in my butthole and shot it off. I have fireworks in my butthole. <laughs> you guys remember that, chat? Let JJ know who that who he's, who he's messing with right now. I, I have no idea. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. It's on my reels. I'm sorry for my ignorance. Fuck. I, mean, I had no idea. I mean, yeah, dude. So. Do you, do you have to go to a doctor after that? Like, I figured that out. No, 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 no. Uh, just, you know, minor burns. <laughs> Look at the chat. Yep, I did. They remember. They remember. That was the highlight of my life. Wait, maybe I can pull it up on my computer and you can watch. I want to see your live reaction of this. I would love to. I would love to. Okay, here we go. Um, and then, so, tell I, um. Tell me about, uh, while I'm pulling this up, tell me about the, like, the different places you ran the circuit. So, oh, wait, no, first tell me about when you did that two-minute set and you started to develop some uh, better material, like, with playing music, did you kind of fall in love with stand-up? Because now, like, you love, you love stand-up, but, like, is that where you developed the love for stand-up? Would that make you want to go do, like, more open mics, or were you just only, you know, doing stuff for the improv troupe? Like, how did that naturally progress? Yeah, so I started doing stand-up um, around town after that. After I got confident in, like, my – actually, I bombed my first ever, like, non-improv show. Um, yeah, um, I got – back in the day, I smoked a lot. You bombed the – okay, yeah, tell me about the, the first uh, non-improv one. My, okay, so it was at this place called The Second Wind. It was, like, this little bar on, like, Main Street in this small little North Carolina town. Now, they don't even have an open mic anymore, if that tells you how the quality of it was. But, like, essentially, I went outside, and I had, like, my pipe with me. And I went, and I just chiefed. I mean, for, like, a solid five to ten minutes. I came back to the point that my eyes weren't really, like, opening. I couldn't really talk. It was like, I'm ready. So I got on and immediately proceeded to forget literally everything I had prepared. I had no idea where I was. People were so disinterested. No one threw anything, but I saw somebody pick up a French fry and kind of look like they were considering it. I was like, oh no, this is not good. Uh, so I ended my set. I literally, after like a minute and a half, I said, that's my time, even though they gave me four minutes. Oh, that's when you know like it's over. When you, you don't even have the light and you're like, that's my time, guys. Yeah, it was, a, it was an unmitigated disaster. So, uh, oh boy. Thing happened shortly afterwards. Yeah, but you probably felt like if you were stoned up there, you probably felt like you were in a Netflix special. You know, at first, and but you know how like when you're stoned and something bad has happened and you gradually dawns on you mm -hmm. that it's not good. Like yes. you're in a good vibe, you're feeling good, and then you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh God. I'm spiraling. Oh God. See, that oh. happens to me soberly when I'm on stage. It's usually like what am I doing up there? This is going terribly. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it weird? Like, before I even get into this, 
this is a concept I just thought about. Isn't it weird that like internal conversation you have in your head while you're doing like a stand-up act? Do you know what I'm talking about? You can almost like talk to yourself and be like, your your body's like flowing through the jokes and you're like in your mind, you're like, hmm, that didn't work or who reminded you to switch? It's like, isn't that pretty crazy that you're like that? It's like almost like you're looking at yourself doing it and you're like thinking of decisions as you go. Yeah, like, I mean, who needs ayahuasca when you can have an out-of-body experience? <laughs> I, I guess that was, that's true, right? The stand is pretty out of body if you really think of it like that. A hundred wait, an out of Bobby experience. I thought somebody said that in the chat. They did not, but that's so Wow. I need yeah. to trademark that right now. We're changing we're changing the Wow. We we're changing the podcast name. Out of Bobby Experience. <laughs> wow. That's way better than Bobby for real. <laughs> well, do you want to know? Do you know the origin? Like, so, Bobby for real, it's not a t bad title. I mean, it's it's catchy. No, but it's a solid title. Yeah, it was supposed to be Bobby for R E E L because I thought when uh, Reels came out that Instagram uh, lives would be saved to Reels. So I totally marketed it as like Reel because it's really for Reels. So it's like a play on words, but then it goes to IGTV, so it doesn't make any sense. So I had to change it to R E A L. And, or I could have made Bobby Fort IGTV, but uh, no, but that's just funny. Like that's how it happened. But I, dude, I, I really like out of Bobby experience. I might need to think of some, some marketing things going on here. Okay. Let me pull up the firework. Please do. You're going to be very impressed. <laughs> okay. Can you see? Hold on. Yes. Okay. Here we go. So this is me right here. Hold on, maybe I'll turn the light off. Okay. This is me right here. Uh, I had people in like how you are, Drew, Britt, Drage, Caprin, YouTubers, TikTokers, okay? All right. Oh my. And that is uh, when I shot the firework out of my butthole. <laughs> you definitely got to watch the reel afterwards to see, like, how legit it was. Holy so, shit. yeah. So, we, we don't care about no F-words in there, okay? <laughs> no, but, um, yeah. That was um, – I put some Vaseline, and I still got a little, little burnt, but, you know, it turned out okay. But this is the kind of stuff I'll, I'll do for fame. <laughs> No holds bar. You gotta be willing to do anything. Yeah, no. I was gonna also name the show No Holds Bob. <laughs> solid, solid, solid. You know, I just have too many names. That's my problem. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's great. So the out of body, that's dope. Um, who are your biggest uh, like comedy influences growing up? Were have you were you a fan of comedy? Like, and also, do you think that your musical, uh, you're, like, you're learning your music classical? classically trained self had any influence on like your creativity as becoming wanting to more pursue like an art of comedy or something like that. And then who were like your comedic inspirations? Yeah, I think that uh, the comedy uh, really, really, uh, the music obviously I mean, uh, came first. Although I got, uh, you know who Tom Lear is? I, it's uh, Tom Lear is like the father of musical mm. comedy. So basically he was a mm. uh, Harvard professor in the 50s who wrote a parody song about how terrible the Harvard football team was. And he was a piano player. He was a great piano player, but he was actually a math professor. 
So he uh, he's actually still alive. He's like 90 something now. Wow. But that's 100% the father like musical satire. Uh, so I actually bought a book of sheet music from him so that I could play it during uh, piano practice. And uh, that really- Oh, that's me. cool. Love funny songs and stuff. Then I got into Dr. Demento, obviously like Weird Al. Oh, dude, Weird Al. I forgot about Weird Al, dude. I was obsessed with Weird Al. I actually, when I uh, first started making YouTube videos, like 13, I had a goal to make one music video for a song off of every one of Weird Al's albums. I wow. got maybe eight in. There's still one of them that's up there that's uh, still Oh, up. I got to find that bad boy. It's terrible. I mean, it's, I was 13. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But, yeah. oh, <laughs> Uh, he was, uh, yeah, no, Weird Al's the, absolutely the best. And he's like Dude, the Amish Paradise? Like, oh, banger. Dude, he's literally been like, Weird Al has been making music since the 80s, and like, he's never had a real scandal. He's like one of the only examples of somebody I can think of, like, true. Weaky, no one has a bad word to say about Weird Al. No, dude, he's super, like, environmentalist, too, isn't he? Is he? I think he's, like, super, uh, like, super, um, whatever it's called. <laughs> he's like super into like uh, environmentalism and activism and stuff like that as well. Or maybe not, or maybe he's like super spiritual, but like he is like a super wacky, funny guy, but he's like, he's not like a typical celebrity. No, I mean like he really has managed to stay out of any kind of like scandal or trouble. He's been married to his wife for like forever. Like that's cool. He's just that, I think he's, he's either Jewish or Christian. He's vaguely religious in some way. Yeah. He's a sweet guy. He's a he sweet seems guy. like a great guy, and he's hilarious. And, you know, I can still rap every word to um, uh, White and Nerdy. First of my class here at MIT. <laughs> no, it's got my skills at D&D. <laughs> Dude, that, those songs were genius. I was, I was really obsessed with them. That, a guy like that is, like, really one of a kind. So the, the original Harvard guy was the first comedian that you've ever heard. Like, is that, like, the first, like, uh, exposure to that that you had, or – the original what album? The uh, the guy, the Harvard professor. What's his name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Lear. I Literally, I, I was listening to him in a, uh, you remember Barnes & Noble? Like, if you had a gift card to Barnes & Noble, you could go to the CD section and you could scan a CD. Yeah, dude. The 30 second clip of it. So, like, that's how I found, I went to the comedy section. Tom Lear was the first thing wow. I picked up. It was, there's a song in it called The Masochism Tango, which is exactly as dirty as you would expect. <laughs> and my parents had a habit of every time that we went to go, uh, every time that I bought a CD, they made me play it in the car for both of them at the same oh, time. No. So they oh, no. So I ache for the touch of your lip steer, but more for the touch of your whip steer, for you can raise wealth like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. My parents flipped they're like do you know what masochism is i was like it's when you like being hurt that's all i knew and i was like I, they let me keep it they let me keep it i thought <laughs> <laughs> not, not what i expected from that right right that's I was, funny both of my parents are pastors man they're pretty conservative in that regard but like yeah. what, they're like yeah he's old enough for funny songs about masochism that's that's fine that's classic dude that's so great that's so cool that cd thing is is crazy i gotta uh I have a lot of like a throwback technology. Like the kids these days will have like the, the cool stories like that, you know, but like um, first time I ever heard stand up similar and I never showed my parents because the fa the minute they saw me listening to it again on YouTube, they got so mad. But 
I listened to uh, Dan Cook on an iPod, like uh, the one of the first generation iPod shuffle like things, and like no, I had like the like the no, the, like the the not an iPod shuffle, not a Nano uh, either. Nano? No, it was like that gray one that everyone had with like the spinner, like super oh, old. No. They used to call it an iPod Video back in the day. Yeah, old, old, old. My friend yeah. had it. He had Dan Cook Burger King bit, and dude, like. <laughs> That was, I never believed, knew that anyone could do these kind of things. I was like, this guy is saying the funniest thing ever. He's just like, it blew <laughs> my mind to hear it. And uh, I remember just being obsessed with it and getting it. I had a little shuffle and getting like Dan Cook's whole album on it. And I remember, because you had to use to, in order to get any type of music on your iPod or anything, remember you had to plug it into your computer and go on the iTunes store that was like on your computer. There was nothing like, no apps or stuff oh, like that. Have you ever used LimeWire? Like, oh, oh, 100%. That was like, yeah, I was even after, after I spent all my money on iTunes and you discover LimeWire. And yeah, it was like a LimeWire kind of thing. But on iTunes, when you bought it, you would buy like the complete albums or the original songs and you could buy stand-up on there. And I would buy all the Dan Cook stuff with like the iTunes gift card my grandpa gave me. And it would like, it would do that. It would like autoplay because as soon as it downloads, it starts going. And I remember it just like I had walked away because it took like an hour to download all of it back then. It's just auto playing when I'm like not in the room and my mom's listening to it. And I got in so much trouble for listening. But like I was just obsessed with like the fact that someone could like be that eccentric and like say such crazy things to people and they would make them laugh. Oh, stand up is such a weird because like people forget the stand up as an art really hasn't existed for that long. Stand-up only really started in, like, the 50s and 60s when, like, TV was invented. Like, people yeah. would do, like, funny sketches and stuff. But, like, most people's conception of comedy back in the day was literally, like, uh, uh, the Three Stooges. Yeah. Or, like, the, a court jester. <laughs> yeah. That's a I think I'd be a good court jester. Oh, man, sir. Please don't chop my head off. You think anyone has ever been physically uh, booed off stage with a tomato? <laughs> I kind of want to, like, maybe, like, uh, uh, like artificially incorporate that st uh, situation into a stand-up bit. Oh, 100%. I think it happens more than – a lot of motorcycles just went by my apartment. Happens. It happened to me wow. yesterday before uh, I went to, got to Maui at Offbeat Mike, right during the middle of my joke. Which one was I saying? I was talking about the World War Three. And right during the middle, right before the punchline, it's outside, Mike. It's a really nice venue, actually. But right before the punchline, it's... So then I say the punchline and nobody freaking remembers what I said before. I was like, ah, this is great. During the pandemic, there was a... It was an outdoor show in Burbank. But the thing is that it was right next to the airport. And so essentially you'd be doing your bit especially you know i'm a musical comic so like i'm like going through and then i would it just stop because the sound barrier was literally being shattered by an airplane that would go right above you i mean like maybe that's about as gnarly of a like a bad thing that could happen while you're doing stand-up the sound barrier is being broken as you're right? doing I your mean, sound. Yeah, much worse than that to be honest like, <laughs> i really don't like, think so not what you're expecting yeah so eventually, I just started saluting, and then I would play the Air Force song on the ukulele, and uh, that got a couple laps. But, you know, that was the best I could do. That's funny. Um, this guy just asked me a question. Brock Taylor, do you guys do some crowd work during performances? 
Uh, is that something that you think about? Or you do it on the fly, or do you like ever have anything set up so that you can incorporate some crowd work? Like, what's your take on that? Um, so I mean, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, I have a very close relationship with the host of the open mic that Bobby and I go to sometimes, uh, where we make uh, jokes at each other's expense all the time. Um, but in terms of real crowd work, the main point is uh, I will hang out, I like have, I'll sip on my drink. And I'll look for people in the crowd who look interesting and who are like responding to other comics. Mm. And those will be the people that I interact with. So whether it's like, gotcha. although crowd work, you know, it can go one of two ways. I had a show last week where there was this girl in the crowd and I'm not kidding. She was wearing a inside. She was wearing a sun hat, gigantic gold aviator glasses and like reeked of cigarettes. And so like the very first thing I thought of was like, you look like, um, Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson got crossed with a basic bitch and then ended up <laughs> comedy show. And she got so offended. Like, she had this, like, shocked look on her face. And the rest of the crowd didn't know whether to laugh or, like, stay quiet because she yelled back at oh, me. Oh, no. It was like, I had to defuse it. I was like, dude, I'm wearing a backwards hat and playing a ukulele. Like, you know, no one looks stupider here than me. And that got a laugh. So That's good. Be ready to like uh, the best way if your crowd work goes wrong, like to like diffuse the situation is just go self-deprecating if they get upset. Yeah, that's always a really good out. No, that's something that I've been learning from you. It's like advancing in comedy as well is like how much you read the crowd, especially for how you said it's so interesting how you can switch up jokes in your in your head depending on how they respond or just the the nature of the the age. Because you know, like I have some recent jokes, some not recent jokes, but it's really interesting. It's kind of like surfing, like you're out there trying to read the waves it's like cool to hear from you and like other comedians that i've been getting advice from as well it's like really figuring out the crowd like seeing who you can do crowd work with seeing kind of the age region you never really consider that as much when you're just so nervously thinking about your jokes but that's a really cool like next level kind of thing that you know people do in the stand-up world yeah and i mean like everybody is shit at crowd you're actually you're better at crowd work than you're giving yourself credit for because a lot of people it's like a foreign language like we're like I got up here to rehearse, and I'm like, bro, you're not doing, like, a, your theater class monologue. You're yeah. Like, oh, Dude, my stand, I just feel better when it feels like I'm talking, like, because, like, when I'm bound to, like, a certain time frame, I never do as good as when I have, like, more time on, like, the, the Maui stage or, like, and I like to ask questions, like, get people involved. I don't know. It just makes me feel more like myself, and it makes me want to be funnier. But it's not as tight, so... Well, I was up. I was on a show on Saturday where I got heckled real, real hard by this drunk guy. I don't remember why exactly. I was, oh. I was doing piano comedy, right? And so this drunk guy starts heckling me, and I realized he was uh, wearing an LA Dodgers hat, though. So I was like, we can bond over that. And so I'm like, hey man, you might be dressed like a, like a. Oh, I said something offensive, but we both grew for the same baseball team, so it's okay. And he got pissed. But the thing is. He wasn't getting up and, like, moving to the stage or getting too aggressive or anything. So I realized, you know what? This is funny. The crowd is reacting. I'll, like, cut my second bit, and I'll just interact with this guy for a little while. Oh, nice. And so, like, I cut my entire second half of my act so that I could do the crowd work with him. Um, Wow. You got to – that's the thing about comedy, too, is, like, it's not always going to go exactly the way that you want. Like, 
uh, you got to be able to adapt. And that's what makes it kind of fun. Like I got heckled the other day when on that one set that I was having really well, that super drunk girl that I called thirsty and she came up and <laughs> you just got to adapt your set to it because that's why I don't really like, I don't agree with people who think that you have to like perfectly recite it the same way every time. Like each time you do stand up, it's different. You know, like it's going to be a di like you could go up there and like throw it all out the window because of one interaction you have and it could still be just as good. And that's what's like so beautiful about it. And, like not being bound by those rules have really made me feel a lot better. And, you know, it's stand up and being funny is it's at the end of the day, like people have it down to a science and there's like rules to follow. But it really is like pretty subjective to whatever you want to do. Oh, yeah. And there's so many different. It's almost like having like rules of painting. It's like, yeah. You know what? If you're an impressionist, your rule set is entirely different than if you're like a realist or a cubist. It's yeah. Like everybody's got a different style. And uh, or if you make fake air pictures and sell them as Banksy's. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? Like sold for like I don't know, like a hundred thousand dollars an invisible painting. Someone sold that, and um, the guy who uh, he nailed like a banana peel to a wall. That is some bullshit, dude. That's like people. Like, can I just go up and not tell any jokes and just stare at people all the time and be considered the world's greatest comedian? <laughs> That's the stupid thing about the internet is some of the most talented people won't be discovered, but some of the stupidest, most non-important things will just take off and be super viral, like some guy just looking into an avocado hole or something. <laughs> I don't know what example that was. But someone was asking, um, have you ever dealt with any hecklers? I think we just talked about some heckling. But um, what's the worst heckler you've either seen or had? Because I have a really good one that I've seen, but I want to hear yours first, and I'll tell you mine. Okay, the very worst heckler I ever had was actually at Maui Sugar Mill. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, no, I was I was green. I was young. I would maybe been in L.A. for a year. And so – uh, I'm getting up and getting ready to do the bro bit, right? And I'm like talking about, oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm gay. I don't exactly look like it. I look like um, a homosexual version of Charlie Day, i.e. Charlie Gay. And then I do a Charlie Day impression. Dude, you look uh, so much like him. It's crazy. <laughs> Dennis D. But, so uh, good. Uh, literally, this guy goes, "Oh, you're a faggot." I was like. I mean, I guess that's what you want to call it. And then I go back to my set. But he won't fucking let it go. He, like, keeps on yelling out, faggot, faggot. Uh, and I'm does, like, that, does that bother you? Or is it, like... I mean, it bothers me more because he's interrupting my act. Like, it yeah, doesn't work. that's more what I meant, like... Yeah, like, and I don't... If there's somebody, like, drunk and, like, making jokes about my jokes, I don't care about it quite as much. But just having somebody randomly yell out faggot to you, like, yeah, oh, that's tough. I mean, it's not even crazy. So I started to tell him, like, you know, I've seen a lot of hecklers in my day, and you were probably the least creative one I've ever met. Mm. And he gets pissed. And then I'm like, he, like, kind of starts motioning, like, he's getting up to the stage. And I was like, I played football in high school, bro. He goes, oh, yeah? You want to fucking go? And I was like, you lay a hand on me, it's a fucking hate crime. So sit the fuck down. Oh, shoot. I get right back. I was so pissed at that point. Oh my gosh. Well, did you do uh, that? That's horrible, number one. But I, I like how you responded. I don't want to see that side of JJ. I know you'd be whooping my ass. But uh, did, did you ever consider trying to be more gay? Maybe that would turn him away. 
<laughs> we are. I can be gay all I want to. I am who I am. And, uh, you know, my, my wrist works just fine. So, you know, I am who I am. Okay. Okay. That's like the, you know, to defuse a fight. Everybody says to just get naked. Nobody wants to fight a naked guy. Oh, you want to go? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm surprised Jerome didn't beat his ass. Jerome wasn't in the room. Oh, dude, I'd love to see Jerome go after some guy. Dude, I know Jerome was smoking a cigarette because. Oh, man, Jerome's always smoking cigarettes at the wrong time. The wrong Oh, man, that is a bad heckle, but I'm, I'm glad you stood your ground. Good for the F that guy. That's good. Um, yeah, so mine, um, I haven't been heckled too bad personally. Um, that one at Maui was pretty bad for me uh, more recently, but. Um, also, I, haven't done, I don't think I've done nearly as many sets as you, but I was at an uh, open mic in Murrieta, Shamrock Comedy Club. And, um, you know, it's one of those ones where it's like 40 people sign up, so you're just there all night. And one guy there, he was, like, notorious for just, like, always bombing. Like, he, he loved the guy, but he just was the most awkward, just – no, nah, he's a funny guy, like, but he's just was not – good at stand-up no one's good at stand-up but like you know what i mean like yeah so yeah. he's always bombing he's like always be like hey uh so he'd be saying things like oh man johnny sins needs more credit that guy's a firefighter a doctor and a plumber like you know stuff like that it's like just hacky but like we love him so he's up there bombing really bad and there's this guy that's been at the bar the whole night and he's wearing the sunglasses inside he's got a giant mohawk ripped tattoos tank top Brought his own beer to the bar. So that's, yeah. Brought his own beers to the bar. That's when, yeah, that's how we should have known something right off the bat. <laughs> so my, my buddy's bombing up there. You know, he's powering through, like, you know, he's earning his stripes. Midway through a set, this guy comes up and just starts, walks up and just holding his beer, just starts staring at him. He's got gum in his mouth. And the guy's like, just trying to go through. And like, he's not seasoned or comfortable enough to like respond to what's happening. Yeah, exactly. So he go, ends up being like, oh, hey, what's up, man? The guy doesn't say anything. He just goes, takes his gum out and sticks it on the guy's forehead. The <laughs> forehead. And we're just in the back, like, we drop our drinks. We're like, what? What just happened? And we're like, okay, he's got to roast him or something. Homie, all he does, he doesn't say a word to the guy. He's just like, thank you. Takes the gum off his forehead and puts it in his own mouth. Why? We don't know. We don't know. Why? And then continues to go back to his set like nothing ever happened while he's chewing another man's gum. And that guy ended up getting thrown out by the host. But we're like, he comes on stage. We're like, why did you chew the gum? What is wrong with you? And he's like, I just, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Oh my gosh, bro. What a story. Chew the gum. That's what I want to know. He man. put it in his mouth. That was his, that is like the most fight or flight reaction that I've ever seen. That's like not even, that's not fight or flight. That's just a, uh, that's the third <laughs> option. <laughs> but um, all right, well, we're hitting the one minute countdown. Dude, these things used to be able to go for four hours, but what this just means is that we're going to need another episode with you, my man, JJ. Can you believe an hour's already gone by? That was crazy. This does not feel like Dude, I told you, I know. JJ was a little nervous. Thank you, Shay, for buying a batch. He's like, oh, I don't know. But, like, these things are fun, bro, huh? Good yeah, podcast. Yeah. Great. Yeah. We could talk for hours, man. So you're definitely getting an episode. 
We got 40 seconds. Let everyone know. First of all, anyone watching, and a lot of people watch afterward, follow JJ right now on Instagram. We're going to start building up the social medias, everything else. Let them know about any shows that you have coming up, anything, uh, 30 seconds. Hell yeah. Uh, you can catch me in North Hollywood uh, at 8 p.m. at the Comedy Chateau uh, this Sunday. And then I'm going to be in Vegas all week next week. So I got shows in Vegas. You can check out my Instagram. It's got all of my shows laid out. Uh, I'd love to see if you want to come on out. Uh, if you, I mean, obviously, if you're on this, you're probably already following Bobby, but make fucking sure that you are. Double check, triple check. I love you, bro. And, uh, yeah, no, it's been a fucking blast, man. Follow JJ right now.